time to ham up. Oh my god, I really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. After the credits. A Yum Chunks podcast. Yum Chunks! Hey everybody, guess who's back? This guy with a super annoying voice. And I am here. I'm here to make sure. Who are you? Who am I? I'm the embodiment of DC Comics. That's who I am. I have been inviting you on this podcast. And I'm here to make sure that everyone, you know, stays in check. I gotta defend, and sometimes be a little apologetic. For DC films, but I don't think I'm going to be very apologetic for this one. But we'll see later. Well, what are we even talking about? Why? I'm glad you asked. We're talking about the movie of the century, the the rumor mill movie of the century. Zack Snyder's Justice League. I see. Um, well, as you have tied us up here and forced us to have this discussion at gunpoint, I guess we'll take part. It's really, it's more of like a saw trap. You know, each one of you has this unique trap built around, you know, your your personal flaws. And you have to escape by the end of this episode. Uh, Well, I'm dead. (laughs) Chris, you didn't say who we were as a part of (laughs) it. Oh, oh, yeah, that's Chris. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. If you watch it, Chris is a rusty. If you're watching, or I guess not watching, if you're listening to this, you know who we are. But you know what? You know what? Chris is rusty at. Being a podcast and also at understanding the five senses. <laughs> there are six senses. I watched the music about one of We are young jokes. If you yeah, can't tell by our, if you can't tell by our meandering intro, my meandering <laughs> intro, <laughs> we are young chunks. Now that's on brand for sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah, this is. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and we all take some of the blame in the meandering. Nothing's yeah. nothing's changed. Yeah. Chris, it's great to have you back. Glad to be back. 
We got, we got, we got Sean. We got, I'm Alex. What do, does the community know you as Matt or Chewy? I don't even remember. It's it doesn't so matter. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm, yeah, I'm Matt, I'm Chewy, whatever you want. There you go. There I, there I am. There's Ryan. Since you haven't been on there a while, we've, we've kind of refined, we, uh, kind of, uh, refined our definition of what this is. Okay, so we bring our chunks to the fire, and we throw them in the fire, and that gets the fire blazing. So oh, we can have a, a heated, gotcha. we have to have a heated conversation, we gotta get the fire going. Yeah. So, we bring our chunks a sacrifice. Alright, well, let's, let's start with Ryan. Ryan, sacrifice your chunks. Alright, well this is a good one, cause this... <laughs> They're just small little chunks. I'm gonna sacrifice these little bitty chunks. Um, actually, I just have to report. Uh, it's been a while since I've reported on terrible Netflix movies not to watch. Mm-hmm. So it's good, good to update you guys on that. You may have heard about the Nicolas Cage vehicle, Jiu-Jitsu, um, on Netflix. Uh, I, it's not what you think the movie's gonna be, in that, after watching it, you won't have any idea what it was. So therefore, no matter what you thought it was, it won't be that. Um, it's well, never heard of this for What if I thought it was season of the witch? Nope, you're wrong. See? There you go. It's, it's just, uh, I don't Yeah, Nicholas Cage ends up kind of like halfway into the movie. Maybe not halfway into the half an hour into the movie he just shows up and he just kind of takes over the movie and it's just this martial arts movie where they're fighting against well presumably some alien force and it's just as bad as 
any of the sci-fi Netflix movies. Alien Force is not something I would have made a presumption about from a movie called Jujutsu Sonicless Cage. But I, I guess Jujutsu Sonicless movies... I'm not even sure why it's called Jujutsu. Um, anyway, uh, so that's something not to watch for y'all. It, ca- um, it kind of yeah. sounds like you remember, you remember, uh, the remake of Karate Kid and how he was doing Kung Fu the whole time instead of karate. That's what it, that's what it sounds like. In that this movie's called Jiu-Jitsu, but it's doing Nicholas Cage all the time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, that's pretty accurate. Nicholas Cage is definitely his own brand of, uh, <laughs> of commercial art. Like, he, he, he's doing what he thinks is Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> And he just kept saying, you gotta call the movie Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> I won't be in that Well, we gotta get a movie, so I guess we just want. The other Netflix sci-fi movie not to watch is the third installment in the Skyline franchise. I bet you guys didn't even know it was a franchise, but... No, I didn't know there was a second one. No, I had no idea. Yeah, so the the second one is called Beyond Skyline. And, And it is bad. But it does have Frank Grillo, if you like him. I actually, I thought he kind of, kind of almost made a movie worth it. It also has a couple of the guys from, maybe just one of the guys. But anyway, from, the Raid. Yeah. And, anyway, the third one just got added to Netflix, and it has a couple of faces you might recognize, one of them being Alexander Sudeik. <laughs> yeah, and guess what? He's talking about wormholes. <laughs> yeah. Like, they had to just throw that in there just to, I don't know, just to, just to do it. And it was worth it, let me tell you. It was worth the whole two hours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> even though you don't like money when I was watching. No, definitely don't, don't. I had to look up who this guy was, and I see Deep Space Nine, and oh, okay, yep, yep. got it, yep. 
He's also Game of Thrones for people who don't know who he is. But not for people who don't know either of us. Then we don't care about you. Yeah. But he's a pretty good actor. I mean, this is general. The movie's not very good, but... But it is kind of funny, like, just to, that they've kept the cinematic universe going, or I don't know, cinematic universe, but this, 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 you know what, no, I'm not gonna back down off that. They kept it going, and I hope they don't stop, because they, everyone keeps setting up the next movie, as if, like, no, this is... We're gonna keep doing this. Uh, I don't think you can just call any franchise a cinematic universe. I think you have to have... I think you have to have a franchise made of franchises. Do you... Who's to yeah. say? Well, I it's consider the notebook to be a cinematic universe. <laughs> But it works because the whole dad not getting you know, Exactly, dad jokes. Anyway, what else to think, Ryan? Do you have any other movies that you're here to save us from that we weren't gonna watch anyway? That's all I got for now. Those are the only <laughs> chunks I have to offer. <laughs> Academy 
four nominations were released, and as I want to do most years, I try to watch all the, as many of them as I can, at least all the best picture nominees. So I've been going through, I'd already seen a handful of them already, but I'm just trying to pick up the last one. So I've watched recently, I watched Promising Young Woman. That's a quite good movie. It's really great. I, I, I don't know if I loved it, but I... I kind of wanted to love it, and I kind of do love it, but it's really dark, it's really dark comedy. Oh man, that's actually on theme for tonight, because they just announced that the writer-director, maybe director, I think it was the writer of that, is doing a Zatanna movie. Oh, it's the writer and the director is the same for this movie, Promising Young Woman, written and directed by. Well, she will be doing the same for Zatanna, Emerald Fennel, and I don't know what Zatanna is. Is is that the magician? Oh, why? Okay, I know this is right. I know, I know Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. Now I feel silly for saying I didn't know it. I knew this character. Anyway, so silly. Anyways, really good. Watch that. Caramel again. Both bottoms in it. And it's. Real dark. Um, good, good, good. Uh, what else? Uh, I I think you guys have mentioned this, but I, I, I finally saw Nomad, Nomad Land. That was a good film. That was also, wasn't dark, but it was sad. So pretty and happy and beautiful and everything. Um, watch that, and then I saw Minari. Um, also a very, very good film. Um, it has the guy from Walking Dead, Stephen Young. Isn't yep. he, isn't he Avatar 1? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Avatar 1's in it. And he's just a farmer. Clean farmer. Uh, yeah, it's, it's delightful. It's just a slice of good old pure, um, American, Americana, uh, but it has a really delightful little young little boy who's super cute and just like steals the show and 
They're just a good family. Like, you know, trauma. Just as good. Go watch it. Um, what else? Um, Alrighty's Black Bottom Chew. I know you didn't see that. I finally watched that. Um, I liked it. It's one of those films, though, that seems to me it's clearly a stage play adaptation. And I always have mixed feelings about those types of films. Um, I do like it, and I thought performances were great, but it just feels like the whole time I'm just like, kind of just want to watch the play. Like, I mean, there's a lot of, like, okay, these four characters are gonna sit in this room yes. for the next 15 minutes and talk. Like, yeah. It, yeah, it, it's very evident, but, yeah. Anyways, um, but, that's, oh, and then the last thing is, to top it all off, I went to a movie theater... Again, for the first time. And in the first time. And hey, I know that. Is that the way it works? Yeah, that's that, um, Tangle. Yeah. I saw the movie in the movie. Tangle. Just good. Thanks. Um, so there you go, movie theater's open, I saw movie theater, and I saw movie in that movie theater, and I saw the movies, that's it, it's my chunk, and if I was continuing to burn, chewy, what are you got? Alright, well, um, still doing a lot of the stuff I was doing. I'm still going back through my entire MC rewatch. Um, for those of you who missed the last episode, it's because of my mother-in-law decided to get into the MC. And, um, and, uh, so I've been staying at least a movie ahead of her. So that, um, so that, uh, I can send her notes because I'm, you know, recognizing that, uh, internet nodes like all of us spend, you know, four to six months online, reading theories, making theories, talking about what's going to happen in the next one, analyzing everything, finding clues for the next movie, easter eggs, and all that, and I'm just like, yo, whoever puts the part that you, you should probably remember for the next movie, so I'm going through that. Um, we're at, uh, we're about, she's about to be, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, so, we're, we're chugging right along there. Deep, 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 de
Uh, I finished um, Alien the Will of the Wisps. Incredible. Amazing. One of the best video games I've ever played. Um, I kind of want to start it again, which is, you know, not normal. I kind of want to go back and start it again. Um, I have started playing, uh, and I just recently got and started playing the new, uh, not new Mario game, but you know, the, the, the one that was on the Wii U, and then they released it with Bowser's Fury. See, uh, 3D World. Okay. Uh, yeah, see why 3D World. Plus, yes, I, and I think when you mentioned it, it said I'm gonna hold off on that, and then they had the whole Mario Day sales, and I went, um, now I, I have no, I have no impulse control, so I bought it, and Nathan and I tried out both, and um, uh, the, uh, the base game is fantastic. Um, Bowser's Fury also is pretty good. Um, the thing is that, uh, playing co-op is, uh, when you play as the little, uh, Bowser Jr., uh, well, basically, you both can control the camera. And that's no good. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So, um, uh, so, you know, she's playing as Mario and I was playing as Bowser Jr. And Bowser Jr. is pretty, um, pretty overpowered. You can, I mean, he, he can't die. So, um, you can just run ahead and, um, and, uh, just kill all the bad guys. So, you know, because Mario's the one who has lives. But the game kinda has a weird way of deciding who it's gonna follow. Like, if someone's less stagnant, or more stagnant than the other one, the camera will go, okay, this is what I'm focusing on, but, um, it very often, if two people are moving the camera, or, like, if you're the one trying to do your thing, and then the other person moves the camera, then it's just chaos, so, um, yeah, the, the, um, the co-op leaves uh, a, a, a little bit desired, for, but I still, I think the game concept is a lot of fun, I like the open world, I like the Bowser getting angry and Raining fire. I mean, it's 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 fun. It's a good time. Um, I think we mentioned that it was 
maybe they were testing the waters for a full-length game in this style. Um, I hope so. I would love a full-length Mario game that's made like this. I think that would be great. Um, shake up the Mario formula. Um, I'm still watching, uh, I'm, I've started my Star Trek adventure, and I've, uh, Maeve and I put together a list of about 20 episodes from original series, and, um, we've of the list, we finished all the ones that were in seasons 1 and 2. So we just started on our season 3 episodes last night. Um, and, oh my gosh, I love this show. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's incredible. I love it. Um, I, as I was saying last night, I feel like, um, you know, um, you know, Black Mirror gets a lot of comparisons to the Twilight Zone. I think, I think this is the show that has more similarity to Black Mirror, because they both have a lot of, like, what if technology, what if this technology existed? How would people react to it? How would that shape society? You know, what if uh, this is what society was? You know, what would that be like? And I love that the original series is like, it's not interested in continuity, it's not, it doesn't have all this, like, drama between the characters, it's just like, alright, the characters are for the most part pretty constant, and here's a weird planet, and here's what their deal is, and philosophical stuff, and then by the end of most episodes, everybody's just like, let's get the hell off this planet. <laughs> so, so, I love it, it's great, I'm having a great time, and then my last chunk, um, I mentioned that Maeve and I are going through the best of the worst archives on Red Letter Media. And we got a little too far down the rabbit hole and started, um, well, we had been buying, as a weird collector's thing, we had been buying VHS tapes for our childhoods and been looking for a walking VCR. It's actually surprisingly hard to get right now, and we even said maybe we should get a VCR apartment. Um, but, uh, we got one that works, and we ended up buying a tape that was on Best of the Worst, Real of the Worst, the Shoji Chibuchi Show, um, which is just this... Sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, this big, like, 
this big production somewhere in the Midwest, I think, that's like some very small town, but like there's no entertainment except for this massive, um, Shoji Chibuchi, who plays the fiddle, and then his wife, and they put on this big musical review show, and it's, it's just so honest and fun. So, we found, we found, we tracked down a copy and we bought it, so, um, we've gone a little too far down the best of the worst rabbit hole, but that's what we've been up to. And, um, now you know what I've been up to. There you go. Alright. Uh, I want to hear from Chris, and I want to hear a lot from Chris, because you have not been on the podcast for a while, a few months now, so why don't you tell us why? Well, I submit to you members of the Young Chunk Society. This tale of dark horror. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I, I had a mini-me. Um, <laughs> no, I had, a, I had a baby um, between that work that's been my life, but, yeah, I actually think I got pretty lucky with my baby. He just kind of, he just kind of fell into kind of, well, maybe, maybe, and take, don't take this wrong way, but, Maybe because I didn't insult us. <laughs> no, 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 but maybe because I got dogs before I got the baby, and I got so used to training them, right? I was like, okay, this is how you train a dog. And then we got another dog, and we were able to train it super fast because we had trained the first dog. Uh, we had that process down. We actually applied a similar process to the baby, right? And, and this, this is after reading like books about how to raise babies obviously too and it just seemed to fall in right like one of the things you're supposed to do when uh to teach them to sleep through the night and to teach them to fall back to sleep is you know you let them you, you let them cry in their crib, right? You're not supposed to interact with them. You're supposed to let them know, like, that's not gonna get them the answers. So it's kind of like a dog, right? Where you're like, 
you don't give it attention because otherwise it's going to associate what it's doing with how to give attention. And it's, a, it's like a similar thing, but anyways, our baby picked that up really quick. He sleeps through the night for the most part. Um, I think mostly teething kind of wakes him up usually around 4am, but then he'll fall back asleep now because we train him how to do that. Um, like a dog. <laughs> I mean, everything you say is right, just, usually I just don't say I train my baby, but I train my, my baby, it's like, like some, like some train some train a dragon. I train babies. Uh, <laughs> why are you talking about this Pavlovian, you know, yeah. co- conditioning, which is exactly what you're doing, and it's funny because whenever, you know, they teach or you study Pavlov, they always use the dog metaphor <laughs> with, the, with the meat powder. So, um, I, I know, I guess, I mean, it shouldn't, what you're saying shouldn't be as weird as it sounds. <laughs> but it sounds weird. Don't get me wrong. I'm trying to make it sound weird. Yeah, I, yeah, I think right. But I mean, for the most part, like, I, 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 I get to wake up, I take care of him in the mornings, and then I'll put him down for a nap around, like, 9.30, and then I get to go to work, and then he'll wake up around lunch, and then I'll, I'll play with him for a little bit around lunch, and then he goes back down for a nap, and he usually sleeps for a couple hours, and it, it just works really well with Kay and my schedule, so he, he's, he's really good, and he doesn't cry. For the most part, he only cries if he's, like, really hungry, but, um... That usually doesn't happen. And he, he's just all giggles and laughs and he's crawling now. I, I basically, I'm, I'm like his football character. I keep pushing him to do the next thing as quick as possible. People keep telling me that I'm raising, I'm, I'm making him skip over the whole baby phase. Because he's just like rocketing through all these different steps and getting through the next one right away. Yeah. Yeah, he's like going yeah, it's not like it's his glory years or something. Oh, no, 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 this isn't for him or for me. This is for, like, grandparents, right? Grandparents that can't, like, see him right now because of the pandemic. This is, like, he's... They're not going to have 
By the time they see him, he's not going to be doing anything babyish. Right? He's just going to be doing... Before he grow, he's going to be doing, like, taxes in the corner. <laughs> well, I would advise that you don't try to train him to do backflips on a trampoline. <laughs> you know, people keep saying that if anything, I am, am the person to train him because I know what not to do now, which is land on your neck. Don't, don't do it. Don't land on your neck in the most valuable lesson of all. That was a surprisingly logical answer. Chris, father had his changed It took me surprisingly logical though. It took me a lot of years of backflips to learn that intense lesson. Well. Well, yes, basically it sounds like fatherhood is easy. Everybody yeah, everybody should do it. Really, they should. Everybody who's complaining about raising kids, like, just shut up. Yeah, <laughs> if, if, if Chris can do it, then... <laughs> if you can play about kids, it's It's also really, it's really funny too, because I, you know, I think part, and this probably, and I'd have to imagine this applies to most new parents during this pandemic, right, is, you know, for the, I would imagine the last, like, couple decades or whatever, you know, the life of a, a newborn is way different than what it, what mine's getting right now, right? Because, like, parents have to go to work in the mines and drop them off at, like, daycare or grandparents, right? There's a lot more, like, shuffling around of the baby. But, because of a pandemic and everything, Kay and I are working from home, we get to spend all day with them, so, if, I mean, it could also have the adverse effect, but he sees some people every now and then, but, uh, for the most part, right, like, he's not seeing a ton of people. So maybe they'll come back, but for the most part, right, he's just so happy. He gets to spend all day with his parents every day, right? It's, yeah, yeah it's actually kind of interesting. It sounds, it seems, I mean, fingers crossed, knock on wood, that we're, the pandemic's hopefully winding down. And it all, it kind of seems like, yeah, there's been a lot of new parents just in general through this. And it's kinda, I, I would think it's like easing in. It's like kind of, you know, easing into parenthood because you don't have all those other obstacles. Everybody's staying at home. 
you know, so maybe, you know, it's kind of like a training wheel situation, I, I guess, maybe? I, I don't Yeah. No, I mean, you're, you're right. It's, it, it eases that, that entryway into parenthood, for sure. Being able to be like, oh, because, I mean, I don't, I don't know how most other people's work from home is. I work in video games and everything, so it's, it's a relatively lax industry in terms of, oh, I can get up from my desk as the baby's crying and take care of them and not have to worry about being like, yelled at or whatever, right? Like, um, you know, versus, I don't know, somebody else may have a much stricter kind of environment that they're working from home in. So, yeah, I guess, like, you know, I'm teaching from home. I can't just, like, stand up and go, okay, y'all just... I mean, yeah, I like it. If I'm like in a meeting, right, right, yeah, I obviously, but yeah, when I'm not in a meeting, it's not a big deal. But you as a teacher, I imagine you're nothing but meetings, classes. Well, I mean, yeah, meetings and classes. <laughs> but you so it's like you gotta you're there, you're, you gotta be there, you gotta have your camera on, you gotta there you go. So it's like yeah, it sounds it sounds like your setup right now is uh is pretty good. It's pretty um it's, it sounds I don't know, pretty good. Yeah, and I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a few more months. Uh, kind of like this, I mean, Kay thinks her job is basically going to be work from home forever. And my job, I don't have to worry about going back until the fall at the earliest. So we still got plenty of time. He'll, he'll be one before any of this really changes, so, well. Yeah, cool. Well, you got lots of time to prepare, and, you know, all those little things that people don't know going into parenthood, like, a lot of them you're knocking out right now, while you don't have to also deal with the other things, so, cool. Here's another another tidbit. Don't shake the baby. Yeah, I don't, I, 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 I feel like I need that. <laughs> I didn't know that, but okay, so far up on you. Amongst other, amongst other things. So just face them away from you. <laughs> and then shake them, yeah. <laughs>
He was next to me. He was rolling around. He wasn't paying any attention. <laughs> so when I said the when I said the bad words out loud, he, he probably didn't even hear. He wasn't listening. <laughs> but uh, it's just a, a severed head on his hip, you know. That's like a scar kid. <laughs> Yeah. It's fantasy fun. <laughs> uh, well, it sounds like you're taking a father like a fish to water. It's it's super easy. It's it's bred into humanity's DNA. Unless I guess you're like a redneck or whatever. But I know it's like bred into our DNA. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I definitely don't want to feel Michael Jackson, but I guess Chris immediately got it, so. That's proof he's a father. <laughs> Wait, I mean, I just don't get it. Cause I, um, I don't get it. Exactly. There we go. Father of the year. I work hard for that award. Um, so yeah, that's, that's most of my life. But I do tend to find time late in the evenings to get some gaming in uh, here and there. And my big accomplishment really since the last time we talked was I managed to chip chip away, chip away, chip away, and I managed to finish a playthrough of Cyberpunk 2077, and that was quite enjoyable. It's, it's not a masterpiece, but it is definitely high-tier gaming stuff. You played on PC? I played on PC, that's correct. I did not play on consoles for people, because I know the consoles had uh, a lot of issues. PC still had issues, not as much as consoles from what I know. But well, that's good to hear. I, I do, I'm looking forward to playing that. I was kind of giving it some time to breathe and get some patches and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually, it, it intrigued me enough that I, for one of the first times ever, am actually interested in going back and playing the different routes that are available because, you know, at the beginning you get to choose from, like, one of three different starting points, essentially. Are you, are you, like, a business person? Are you a city kid from the streets? Or are you an out, 
Nomad from the Outlands, right? And I'm actually interested to actually play as some of those different ones and see like the differences. I feel I feel like the gameplay options there there's a lot of choices to choose from and how you play and so I could really mix it up. Um, so, like Brian was just saying, waiting for some patches to potentially start another run. Uh, while I wait for other big games to come out. Awesome. Nice. Well, nice. Fires, the the fires roaring. It's ready. Uh, yeah, we're ready. Inhale those chunk bits into your nostrils. Let them, let them float through the nostrils, tickle the brain. And, uh... That's the episode, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. No, everyone. We are now finally mm-hmm. at long last. Mm-hmm. So we to spend the next four hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the next four hours. Four more hours. Nope. <laughs> We're gonna live cast as we all watch it. And if people, if people, if this, I want everyone to know, I tried to get this group together and to record ourselves watching. This live, I tried to get a live. I actually, you know, I should have replied. I, I would have been down to that. Um, I mean, it would have been painful, but I think it would have been fun as well. <laughs> at Wednesday night at midnight, there was no way. I was waiting. So you were up till four in the morning on Wednesday? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I we gotta spoilers. Um, so yeah, but uh, Chris, before we jump into our own um, sweet and beautiful fluid of thoughts, oh, tell us what happened this morning. I don't know, what's that stuff in Superman shit? It's, it's, I was trying to say that, but I was trying to say that. I was flailing and I started thinking of Death Stranding. Well, I was just thinking about the fact that we just spent a whole bunch of time talking about Chris's baby. 
dark side from the far reaches of space on a planet known as Apocalypse. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then they, um, and then they do it, right? And then they, well, they stop it. They stop it. They resurrect Superman, and then they do it. Yeah, they're just supposed to recap what happened in the movie. <laughs> you're not oh, supposed to train him, Chris. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, anyways, yeah, so... I mean, it was pretty much it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. All they did was get Superman and then they stop him. And that's pretty much it. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So, so I Sorry. Yeah, I always wondered if I said there would be spoilers. Uh-huh. So, should I, should I go through the list of questions that we are going to address, or should we just go through um, the list? Let's tackle once. Uh, I feel like definitely the first one, we should all kind of go around and Let's just do it, let's do it Don't say them all at once, let's just go through them as we get to it. Sure. Okay. Alright, Spencer. Well, let's go around in the circle. Did we enjoy this movie? Anyone can take it away. Oh, God, yes. Okay. I mean, I think I know the answer for all of Chris's answers to everyone's questions. I am kind of curious to hear what Chris, like, if he does have critiques, what those would be. But anyway, I do have critiques, but we'll get into it later. Uh, yeah, I, I will say I did like it. I liked it, um, more than I thought I would. Yes, I also will be in my camp. Um, there's so much more to that statement, but just purely on that question, oh uh, yeah, uh, I'll say I liked it, yeah. I did not. <laughs> I thought it was slow, slow, dull, boring, and I did not, I did not enjoy watching it. Uh, ooh, I'm intrigued now. Subsequent questions are gonna be. Oh no, I, I'm fully well, well aware that I am the minority here. And I'm fully well aware I came into this with the intention of eating crow, and also, um, not to be a contrarian or anything, but, like, yeah, I just, if I'm being honest, I did not enjoy this. It was very, very hard for me to get through it. Um, I wanted to turn it off several times. 
Is my honest spots? No, I'm glad. I'm glad because, honestly, I was, I was mad at myself for liking it. Like, God dang it. Yeah. I have to like this stupid movie. I, I, so I'm glad that you did like it. I disliked it to such a degree, I feel like I'm going crazy. I feel like, is this a prank? Does the entire, is the entire world playing a prank on me like I'm in the Truman Show? Have I lost my taste for movies? Do I even deserve to be reviewing movies? I don't know. Everything's in question because I dislike this movie so much. I feel like that's actually a good way to just sum up the state of just um, pop culture nowadays. Is that we're all pulling a prank on each other. Like, Right, I kind of feel like we've gotten to the point where nothing means anymore, anything anymore, but, um, this this movie is trolling us, I don't think that's in your imagination. Right, but we'll get to that later. We'll get to that, we'll get to that. Um, but... Well, let's go to the next question, too, because I feel like it's just gonna open up, like, yeah. Alright, we'll open up this question some more. Do you think that this is a good movie? Go ahead. Uh, well, Chris, go for it. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, to me, if I'm being honest, this falls this falls pretty firmly in the center, in my opinion, between good and great. Um, pretty firmly in the center. Pretty firmly in the center. I don't think it's like it, it could be some of some is just being oh, it's just good, but it doesn't quite have what it takes, I think, to reach the point of saying this was great. Um, I mean, I can cite a lot of reasons uh, behind this logic, but all in all, like, I know, I know a lot of things that help people back, things like uh, it being four hours, I don't think that bothered me very much, mainly because I'm a huge nerd for DC, and I was more time with these characters is just heaven for me, regardless of the reason. Uh, especially since it was so well acted, and all these characters I felt like were very likable. And believable as well. Nobody really did anything that stood out as like, oh, why would they ever do that? Or they, why would this character do this? Um, yeah, I mean, t- 
to me, it didn't even feel like flowers. It, it, it felt, it honestly felt shorter than, you know, like, I would, no, I'm not trying to draw this as a troll maneuver, but it felt, to me, it felt like it was a shorter time than, you know, like, Endgame. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I don't agree, but I know what you mean. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know, I know literally it's not a shorter time. I know the difference to that, but to the way it felt, to me, the time... I think for me, a more apt comparison would be something like Lord of the Rings. Not that I equate them, but I would think that maybe what you're getting at, you feel this not being long is the same way I don't feel the Lord of the Rings movies are long, despite the fact that they're excruciatingly long. Anyway, so yeah. I thought it had really good acting. Um, I felt like because it was four hours, Zack Snyder was able to really build. Because, I mean, he had, he had a monumental task, right? He had to introduce and give reasoning behind Cyborg, the Flash, technically Aquaman. And then he had to really expand on things like Wonder Woman um, and Batman, since we didn't get too much background in uh, BBS of Batman. And then obviously he had to bring back Superman. Uh, and then he also, I felt, and I know this is a contention point with a lot of people. I felt he did a good job with Steppenwolf. Granted, I also have a lot of background with these characters, so I'm able to fill in a lot of blanks that I don't realize aren't there. Just naturally watching it. But, you know, I felt like there was... A little bit of uh, tragedy to Steppenwolf, right? I mean, it's all self-enforced tragedy for sure, but, you know, you kind of felt for the guy. You just wanted to go home. But that wasn't gonna happen. Uh... 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 uh well, okay, so the question of it being good, right, this Chris touched on a lot of different points, not all of which I think contributed to it being good necessarily, more just like as maybe preference kind of things, but you know, like, I think a movie can be good without it being art. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. this is, this is a movie that is the 
furthest it's the furthest from being odd as it can be. Um it, it, there's no artistry in its storytelling. I don't really think I'm not no artistry, but I think yeah, I think about like Skillful storytelling is is evading the verbose. This movie doesn't even attempt that. Mm-hmm. So I think on that level, no, it's not good. But on maybe like a different scale of its own, it's it. can be considered good. Uh, like... I, 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 well, no, I mean, we're getting into good as an opinion, as subjective, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and that's kind of, yeah, exactly, that's kind of what I was trying to power up the first scale. Right, like, what did, yeah, what did, what was driving good? Yeah. Yeah, and Um, because a lot of what Chris was saying, you know, this movie is so loaded, um, it's hard, it's hard not to think about all the mitigating factors that made it what it is. Um, right, it's hard to uh, observe this movie in a vacuum. So, it's really hard yeah. to be objective. Um, right. Anyway, yeah, so I, 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 I get with, that. Yeah. So, with that being said, and, and, and I think Chris's points are invalid, right? Because I mean, he's making a movie that he had to Frankenstein back together, you know? So anyway, without getting, we'll get into that later, but, um, anyway, I, I would say no, it's not a good movie. But it's, I don't think it's, it's not like, I mean, I think, the original Justice was a was probably a bad movie. Or yeah, I'd say it's it's twenty five percent better than the original Justice in terms of quality. Based on yeah, that's, no that's the next question. Scale. Well, well, yeah, we'll get we'll get into that. Oh, but that's Sean and, and myself. We got Sean got Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I kind of kind of take it off where Ryan what Ryan was saying. I think I kind of judge it more like. Maybe the question for me is, is this, 
If you could qualify good as maybe less about any objective sense, because that is somewhat impossible. But as a term more a reflection of how well it, uh, it fulfills its intentions, then yes, I would say this is a good movie. If that, if that makes any sense, did it, did it do what the filmmaker intended for it to do? Yeah, I, I would definitely say so. That doesn't mean I need to like it or think that those intentions are good or, or even as Ryan was saying, you know, necessarily high art or anything like that. But, I think that is a pretty adequate, uh, you know, it's a fair way to judge art if, is if it, it ac- accurately reflects the intentions of the creator. And I think this does. But if we're just coming out of form just a much more base, I, I kind of do fall on like, yeah, I, I do think it's good. It's not great. It's it like, it, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's okay. It's okay. Like, you know, if I'm just like, really just like, Really, really broad strokes, just kind of thing. I'd give it a... Yeah. Like, yeah, it's good. It's okay. But if I'm trying to think about it more, that's how I judge it. Is, is it reflected or is it... Did it do what it intended to do? And I, I guess yes is the answer for my opinion. And we'll get into more detail again. There's, there's much more to come, I feel, in this discussion, but that's why I'm learning. Bef- before, really before we jump to here, I just wanna, I just wanna hop in real fast. Okay, I see how this. <laughs> I'm not trying to. Yeah, okay, but I'm going to filibuster for the rest of this episode, so you can But, no, so, interestingly enough, both Ryan and Shot is not that interesting, but they, they use the term art, right? And... That's something that is very interesting when I think about movies like this, right? Because, I mean, is there a superhero movie that could be considered, like, you know, like, really an art, right? Like, you know, let's say like a Best Picture nominee, right? It does something different, something so grand 
and artistic that it's not just a popcorn flick, right? And really, I mean, you can maybe make that argument for something like uh, The Dark Knight. Right. That's, that's what exactly I was going to say, Dark Knight. That's the only one I can think of. Exactly, right? That's the only one you can think of. And, I mean, I guess that's my point, right? It's like, when you, when you think about it that way, I don't think there's really ever... In, I don't even yeah. think that's really the intention. Of these movies anyway. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris, actually. And I, I thought I asked myself the same question. Um, and I, I, yeah, I don't think that's necessary. I don't, or, or, or an intention or anything like that. I guess my point was more like just putting them, you know, putting all films on the same scale, this film is furthest from that. That's all, I guess, in terms of. Yeah, that's the part of the two, but I want to hear What do you want? Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm actually really split on this question. Um, and for a couple reasons. I will say that this movie is, I think, a competent movie. Um, ex- with some small exceptions, mainly the ending. I don't think that... I feel like it, I feel like the last 20-30 minutes, however long it was, just all the different... All the, up, the whole epilogue, I think, was a, a gigantic mess. Um, and was a bad from a filmmaking assembly. Like, I from a cinematic standpoint, I think the epilogue was a very bad way for the movie to go out. Uh, aside from that, I think it's a competently made movie. Um, especially in comparison to the original, which we're going to talk about, um, but uh, which I would say is not a competent winning movie. Um, my, my hang-up here is that for all, when all is said and done, the plot of this movie is not very complex. And I think for this movie to be four hours long is inexcusable. For, for all that actually happens, it feels like not a lot actually happens. Like, for how long it is, it feels like not a lot happens, and I think for me that's the reason why I was so bored, is that it felt, it just felt like it dragged. I feel like this cut could be edited down to three hours, and you would have what, what I think would be the perfect ideal version of this movie. 
you cut this down to three hours and it would be perfect. I think, I think you can't just, I, to me it's an exercise in self-indulgence. It is excessive and it has no right to be that long. Um, um, and I, I, and, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that a competent editor could take that and, um, and make a movie that's well-paced. And that's my, honestly, my biggest criticism with this movie is its pacing. And I, I think that pacing was thrown out the window for the sake of we want to in, indulge ourselves in as clean as much as possible. And uh, so that's my caveat, but I will still say that if we're talking about what they set out to do, then yeah, it was achieved. It, it, it was good, and as for the art thing, I mean, I teach art, I studied art in college, I, it, that's an impossible question to answer, um, but, uh, yeah, I think it was, I think I have to go with Sean on this movie, I think it was alright, I think it was alright, I think it was put together by people who knew what they were doing, I, you know, there you go, there you go, yeah, um, I also kind of want to touch on a little bit, and not to get into something super crazy, get into discussion. I just mean in terms of you guys talking about art and stuff in terms of like, oh, what film has been nominated, what's a girl film, is art and stuff. I mean, I would argue all film art. Well, yeah. So, the, the term art is just like a, it's a dangerous word to use, right? It's just like, what does that mean? And blah, blah, blah. So, uh, I'm not trying to dismiss anything, I just, I just don't think that we have to think of art as, like, the Mona Lisa and the Louvre. Like, art is everything. Yeah. Like, more or less. Like, like I, when I, I say something, I, I think there's a lot of barriers that just different institutions put up to kind of aggrandize yeah. themselves as, oh yeah, we are art. If you're not us, you aren't art. If you don't know how to read and write music, you're not a musician. That's obviously oh, yeah. the That's I know, I hate it. It's contrary to, I think, what is core foundation to just being a human being. All humans are capable of creating music, or capable of creating art. Anyone can be an artist if you have an intent 
how trying to just bring in that someone else after an entire movie is filmed and having them try to hatch it together their own version of it. Um, I, w- I would like to say a lesson was learned, but I think we all know that in Hollywood, big money lessons are not learned ever. <laughs> I did not think in perfect movies, so 
because it's shorter. And because I don't like, and because I don't like, I don't really like Zack, Zack Snyder's vision. I just, I think it's too much. I think it's too excessive. I don't like how dull it is. I don't like the somber tone. It's just... I had a, I, t- I had to take a picture of the screen while I was watching the movie um, because we watched it with subtitles. We watched a lot of stuff with subtitles, and um, it was Superman standing. He had just been resurrected. He was standing at a statue, and. The subtitle was a parenthetical. Samba or orchestral music continues. And I feel like I feel like this is a summary. That, that was on screen the entire movie. I feel what I feel like this is a summary. Of the, Except when Wonder Woman was on the screen. And I was Samba. Orchestral music continues. I feel like sums up my entire experience with this. <laughs> no, it's just so like personally. No, I don't think it was an improvement, but practically, like, like objectively, yeah, it's a better movie, but. Then again, what business is it having for us? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I also kind of have fallen the same boat. I don't really like Zach Sire's filmmaker, and I used to like him. Either when I was younger and more naive. Or not a cynical male. I don't know, whatever reason, I liked, you know, Dawn of the Dead. I did like 300 originally. I even liked Watchmen um, when it came out. But on retrospect and going back to those films over the last couple of years, when I have, and, and his DC films, I have found that, yeah, I just don't like his, his take on superheroes in general, his, um, ideology that is imbued in a lot of his films, I don't like all of the things that you basically said. Mm. So, that was one of the reasons why I was coming into this film with a bad attitude. And, and I think that's why I'm giving it more credit than maybe it deserves, is because I walked out of it with not as bad attitude as I was expecting. Like, coming into a movie with a bad attitude, the film has a pretty hot uphill battle, right, just in any, any, you know, regardless of the audience, but 
But for to care for me to sit there and watch it for four hours, which yes, it was long, and not hate it, and actually feel like, oh, I actually like this more than the theatrical cut, I gotta give him credit for that. Now, I agree, uh, you know, that's subjective, obviously, but I, I think maybe I'm giving him more credit because I still don't like his version of his characters overall. I still don't like this world overall. But, I don't know, it, it, it just, it does feel like, okay, yeah, this is a movie. I mean, it's a... Yeah. I mean, I challenge anybody, like, I... I see so much, oh my god, it was so much better than the original. I want to know how many of those people who said that, like, when's the last time you saw the original? Because, like, you, I... I watched it recently. And I feel like, and I remember Chris, you said, you said, I don't recommend doing that. And my thought was, well, if a movie only seems better than the original because you don't remember the original, then, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good sign. Uh -huh. So, um... Well, the, the, my reasoning for saying that was because I knew the plot was going to be exactly the same. Yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, I remember the entire plot. There's, like I said, there's not much to it. Right, well, I just said, yeah, I mean, like, for example, I don't know if you this right now, but, you know, a lot of the main pieces we use, so on and so forth. I didn't want it, I didn't want it to be, like, old. Right, like, well, the, I mean, as someone who also just watched recently, I, I think those elements improved having just watched it. Because, uh, uh, that's one reason I do think it made me like the theatrical cut a little less is because there were so many like on retrospect there were so many disjointed pieces mm -hmm. that just felt forced in the theatrical cut that were obviously really bad on retrospect and seeing what the intent was originally or seeing how all these things actually tied together even if it made four, four hours long at least it felt like oh okay everything is can everything make sense now I mean, in this dumb, crazy superhero movie with aliens and <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's like, okay, I see, now 
Wallace dies and sacrifices himself, and that's like right there's a closure on that arc and story. Like, you know, all these things felt fulfilled. There was payoffs and for setups that had happened, and there was a reason behind it all. Even if it was convoluted, and even if it was overblown, blah, 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 it still at least felt like, okay, they knew, they, there was a reason for it, for the most part. Yeah, I think having I also watched them within, like, the same week, so I, I get what Chris is saying now, but he's kind of explained it, where he, if you, if, if, you know, half the movie is going to be the same footage, probably more than that, right? It's going to feel, it's going to feel longer, because, like, I just saw this. So, I, t I get now where Chris is coming from, but I, I am so glad I watched it uh, before, because, yeah, like Sean said, I got to compare and contrast more easily, and I gotta say, oh man, there was a better movie buried in here. If just get rid of all this, well, get rid of all the stupid things, and you notice when they got, yeah, because it had been three years since I seen the original, so I had forgotten all those how bad some of those scenes were, and then I noticed when they were missing from the Saturday, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I did appreciate those things that were noticing. I mean, I think my opinion on, on this bit of the conversation here is just like, I do think that they improved the movie and that they set out what they initially tried to do and failed at the first time. But what their intentions were are, is not something that I like. Yeah, no, and that's, I mean, that's a, just a really interesting question in general about, and tangentially about art in general, right? Because, like, if I disagree, if I have a piece of art, my point of this art, my intent of this art is to show that red is the coolest color ever, but you as a person don't like red and you like blue, is no matter how competent I am as an artist, is, are you going to like my art? That's, that's, that's a difficult question to answer because there is. Exactly. I do think that there are times where art has swayed me or made me feel things that I didn't think I would feel. They made they change my opinions on things. I, I think there are si situations where. You know, so I don't know, maybe, I don't know if that analogy... I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate because I am in the same boat as you, but, but yeah. Yeah, that's actually, this is a good... Because one thing I was grappling with is, do 
the whole bubble stuff. That's the they change, change, they change rules. Uh, Zack Snyder's world has different, yeah, and weird British accents. Uh, <laughs> uh, there, there were definitely different rules, uh, set, and so they, they, they kind of embracing it as like an Elseworld, uh, scenario, which I actually really like. I mean, I like Zack Snyder. I can't imagine a better director to bring these characters to life in a in a way that is so cinematic. Um, I mean, let me ask you, let me do by best director. Do you mean best director? And, 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 I'll be all our best director for the conclusion of what we have already established in the current DCU. Well, I mean, that's not even what I was getting at, but I would definitely, okay. I would definitely say the latter. Um, okay. But what I was getting at was, so... And this is a little off-topic of a question, but, you know, like... Uh, I, I know, I think I know most of your opinions on this, uh, but I, I think I'm a differing opinion is... One thing is, I think Zack Snyder is probably one of the best people I draw crafting action in a, in a film and being able to see his take on, you know, like Superman and Man of Steel and, you know, The Flash and this one and everything, being able to see how he crafts their powers and shows them off. I think is, is a level that we haven't seen. One thing that, and I, I want to say this again, I do like the Marvel movies. This is not me hating. Uh, Chris, we know you hate the Marvel movies. Is, is the fact that none of those, like, they, they don't make me feel like I'm watching a superhero necessarily, right? They make me, I mean, they have superpowers, right? But, you know, the, the way that Zack Snyder will follow, like, Superman and Man of Steel, right? When he's, like, flying super fast through the, the, the city and everything like that, like, it, it makes you feel like you're watching like, like an actual superhero, right? He's not just like hitting someone with a hammer and the guy goes flying or whatever. He has that, that elder element to the way that he crafts the action. And, and, 
I mean, regardless of how you feel about him and his storytelling and capabilities and all this other stuff, I, I think that, at least what I'm saying about him in action and crafting like superheroes' powers and stuff, I think no one can compare. Like, the way he, I mean, the way that he crafts powers demon slow motion. Yeah. That's not true at all, because I, very, what, I was, I, I, at some point, I was just like, just use Man of Steel as an example, there's, when he's fighting Zod, there's like no slow motion. Yeah, I don't know, there's just too much of that. I will say that the movie would, if you want to get it down to three hours, just, That's fine, that's his thing. I'm just saying that, 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 
to me doesn't mean that he's a better super uh, action hero. Like, the, the action in your comparing to a scene for you know, hitting a hammer, or just saying he's a genocide, he, he was the closest to Superman. Yeah, I, I, I do think there is a difference, although I think in general it's big loud stuff on screen, but I don't think that the more gritty, brutal, whatever of the Snyder action is better, especially not universally and especially not for comic book movies. I would argue you can make a strong argument that more cartoonish, and I don't even think the Marvel movies are cartoonish in that regard, but just for plain, you know, for, for debate reasons, a more cartoonish action would be appropriate for a comic book movie. I mean, yeah, you can definitely make that, but, I mean, one of, one of the ways I approach DC in general and comics and in movies is their ability, the range, right? I mean, uh, I don't know if any, any of you watched, like, uh, Batman, the Brave and the Bold, the cartoon when that was on. I think that's a great example of what where DC really excels is their range, right? They, they have things, and they're willing to embrace very cartoony things. And oddly enough, they're actually able to succeed in those cartoony things and being very serious as well. Um, yeah. And then on the other end, yeah, they, they're capable of swinging the, the pendulum the other way and going like Dark Knight Returns, right? They're able to swing in a lot of places in between. And I think that range is when I watch or read something from DC, I'm just open to it, right? And I'm just like, okay. Because, I mean, what? Dark Knight Returns is like a, a super dark, gritty, you know, friggin' Joker snaps his own neck crazy crap like that, right? And a lot of people consider that one of the best graphic novels of all time, right? And so I'm, I'm just saying that there, there's a range and at some point and I just accept, you know, I'm going to just walk into this completely open to whatever these DC characters may do. Because I know this isn't the end-all be-all. There is no end-all be-all to DC Comics characters. I think one of you brought that up earlier, 
they, they, they have such broad range and can do anything. And it's like, this, this isn't gonna be, what? Recording yourself. No, so one of the, I think it was you, Sean. Oh, okay, but, uh, I think it was saying that, that Zack Snyder's style of action is not the end all be all of comedy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that's, that's, that's well, what I'm saying. Well, I mean, may not be the end all be all, but it's the first, it's the probably, and this is personal opinion, the only time that I felt like I was watching like an actual superhero, right? Like I was watching superheroes do super things. Like when Wonder Woman's like freaking dodging or uh, blocking those bullets, not slow motion, she's moving in fast motion, right? And she's like just going across blocking the bullets with her braces. Like, that was awesome. I don't get that from anywhere else. Minor nitpicks. Wouldn't she have to be as fast as the Flash? Wouldn't she have to have Flash speed to be able to block all the bullets of the machine gun? Nah, Flash's speed is way beyond. Yeah, but she has to have at least Flash's speed to do that. That's how fast Wonder Woman and Superman have... They have super speed, to a degree. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with her going yeah, fast. I mean, kind of I mean, we're getting in the nitty gritty. I'm just saying it looks freaking cool. It looked <laughs> good. I'm just saying it. To me, it was awesome, but to me, it didn't make it more of a cool action scene than a lot of other. And I'm not trying to diminish it. It was a cool scene, but I. It wasn't like, whoa, this is the first time I've seen a superhero scene. Like, it didn't have that effect on me. Well, and, and for, yeah, for me, I would argue with that, with that statement, Superman's flight, flying, fighting style, with the cameras like on his back and rolling around his shoulders and stuff as he's flying. Yeah. I, I would say that that has that effect on me. To some degree, it's cool. I mean, Man of Steel, I didn't think it's. Because, like, punching contests aren't super fascinating to me. Because you're not using your powers in unique or interesting ways. And maybe that's a limitation of the source material. I don't think it is, but. Wait a minute, I don't know. But it, it just, it felt like, the, you know, the final fight with Steppenwolf is like, they're just punching him real hard. 
Yo, how big, how hard are you punching? You punched him real hard. He's dead. Now, if you got your power, since we're on this tangent about action and, you know, whether, allow me to pile some praise on, on this letter, okay? Um, I think that of the improvements that we made, that were made, I think the climax of the movie was significantly better than the climax of the original. Um, and uh, that is because a big problem that I had is that, like, uh, and, and I thought this was going to be a bigger problem in this latter cut because there's a line that said, I think by Steppenwolf or somebody, one of the bad guys, that's like, um, like, oh, there's no, there's no Kryptonians here, this should be easy. And... Yeah. And I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, like, okay, well, if the only obstacle of conquering this planet is Kryptonians, then once Superman comes back, I, it, it, it kind of makes everybody else's contribution seem useless. Yeah. And that's exactly how it plays out in the theatrical cut, and it is not so in this cut. That, that action sequence is because, like you mentioned, that they are doing different things. It's not a punching contest. It's like, okay, let's put our brains together. What has to happen? Who has to go where? What's the sequence of events that needs to happen? And I do think that, that the slow motion of Steppenwolf getting knocked through the portal while his head's being cut off, like, as excessive and graphic yeah. as that is, that feels odd. It's not, yeah, it's yeah, not, I, like, I, I actually love that. It's not just, it's not just like a tableau for the sake of being a tableau like so much of this movie was. But there were a lot of other films, but yeah, you're right, that, it was And, and that's the thing, that's why so many of those action scenes, like, yeah, they look cool, but they don't mean anything to me. They don't evoke an emotion other than, hey, that looks cool. But that, that is an example of what it did work for me. And that's why I can point to the rest of the movie and say, it needed to be this good. It needed to be, you needed to back up what you're painting in your your painting here with, with things to make me care. That, that's, that's I would, yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up, because I would, that made, made me instantly think about the, the introduction scene for The Flash, right? Where he's at the, 
the pet store trailer. I like that scene too. I actually thought it was a silly scene, but it was one of the lighter scenes, like full of this, a film full of Snyder. It was one of the actual, like, oh, that was actually kind of light and fun and silly, but sorry to interrupt, but yeah, I like that scene. But I mean, to, to choose point, like, that, that, that gave, like, like seeing him, how cautiously he had to move and carefully he was moving, right? And he wasn't being excessive at all, he was, he was being the opposite, right? Like, I thought that, that showed a lot, uh, to me that evoked a lot of emotion. Yeah, I mean, seeing the Flash, like, being all careful, and, like, the way he, like, grabbing the hot dog. No, honestly, grabbing the hot dog, grabbing him in his pocket, grabbing the hot dog, grabbing the hot dog is a fantastic part, because it has a payoff, is the thing, is that it fits within his character. And at the end of the scene, he goes, what, are, what are, I was just, I was just here playing with the dogs, yeah. what do you, who cares? It's a good cat, like, it's good character, set up, payoff, it's a save the cat moment, it's a yeah. really great introduction to that character, like, yeah, it's a great scene, it's a great, like, that's, like, if the rest of the film was that, like, Dense with like meaning and character and layering, and not like what you were saying, Chewie, of just like a, a, a cool for the sake of cool. Look at these cool people be cool. Why are they cool? Because look how cool they are. Thank you. Uh, That's exciting. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah, I love that scene. I just have a few comments. Should have grabbed more hot dogs. Yes, he should have. Obvious. He should have been shoving them in his pockets. Imagine how funny it is. And then you show the woman get killed as she's grabbing one. Oh, I forgot the girl. Grab a hot dog and put one in every pocket of everyone around. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh my god, that was Especially the girl, like, she wakes up with, like, all these hot hands in her pocket. What's going on? Ah, this. Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I really. I really. Um. I. I. This is. I don't know if it's upward, like a lot of this discussion, we're just gonna throw thoughts and everything in various parts based on these questions. But, going a little bit back towards the end of the movie, the climax, I agree, I liked the climax a lot, I definitely thought it was a good moment, so. But, one thing I think just overall, and this version of the film, it made it feel, um, like, 
Superman, the whole Superman plot, but Superman's a character was so, like, unnecessary. Like, in the end, it's like, wait, why did we have to revive Superman? We were basically gonna get this done. And we could have potentially won anyway. Like, you know what? Like, it, it, like, and even if it did require Superman, which I guess you could argue he blocked one X, you know, whatever, whatever, the specifics. It, it was such little payoff for something that was like this big, oh my god, we have to revive a dead thing. That's a, that's a big deal. Oh, fuck, fuck, but what? Yeah, I don't know, it just felt like the Superman part of this movie was so inconsequential. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel that way, especially when we're getting into one time. Like, for how much screen time is dedicated, it's like, okay, you need to have an equal payoff, and... I will, I will give you he meanders at the end for sure, right? Like, it's like, did you really need to stop by the ship and then stop by Alfred's? You, you have such a You can basically hear everything going on on the planet. <laughs> you should immediately know where bad things are happening. Well, yeah, I mean, on the one hand, that happening was an improvement because in the original cut, he shows up out of nowhere, and, oh, okay, this Superman's here, this place that we didn't even, uh, we had a hard time finding, or whatever, okay, Superman's here, alright, cool, and, but, yeah, they, you're right, he's got Superman. They, they needed to have a scene to link, okay, Superman's alive and he's evil, and, well, he's Superman's alive and the rest of the Justice League thinks that he's evil, and then now he's here and he's good. There they needed to be that connective scene, but it didn't need to be three connective scenes. I also just think that, like, in general, just, like, it felt so, like, so there's, it's this, they make a big deal of having to revive him. Obviously, it's a big, major point. It's the second, you know, turning point, more or less. And then, he goes off, and they're like, well, okay, whatever. Let's go do what we would have gone done anyway. Like, I don't, it just, like, ultimately felt kind of like, but, but Superman, don't you guys know? Okay, I mean, I don't know, it just felt like, hey, Lois, like, hey, Lois, how's it going? Is he gonna help us or no? I guess, I guess I could have done that, but there is the throwaway line when the goat, when, they, they, you know, after a cyborg's dead, 
sacrifices himself and they're kind of talking in the lab. Uh, what he says is like, he's with Lois. He doesn't have to believe that means something, right? Yeah, I guess. I, I, I mean, I, whatever, it's not even that big a criticism, honestly. There's much stuff I didn't, it, something I didn't like. I just felt like it was such, it was more, I guess if I'm comparing, I guess, in, in that context, that's something I actually think maybe the theatrical cut maybe did a little bit better job of, of making him feel more significant to this film. In, in the Snyder cut, it, he felt barely significant. I mean, I won't say you're wrong, uh, especially since I did it. But he'll think it. But I'll think it. I will think it. Uh, I just think it's, you know, they imply his importance throughout the movie, but it's always implied, right? The reason the mother box didn't activate originally because he was there they were afraid they like oh if he's here nothing's gonna happen right he'll just dominate yeah i get all that that's great and that's and i mean going back to what i think what you was saying is i think that's the payoff at the end for his arrival i don't maybe it was you sean um Right, is he's there, and now it's like now this invasion is halted. Right, even even if uh, you know they've gotten the mother bosses off, there's I mean Steppenwolf will still probably win that fight. Right. Uh, it's supposed to be Superman is is there and he can do the heavy lifting while they do you know, not necessarily the light lifting, but they they do things around him. Which is actually kinda of funny. Cause if you look back and I, I actually praise I, I, I love this fact of the movie because I always get irritated by this in cartoons. You know, at the end of the day, once Batman's kind of cleared out a few of the aliens with it, right? And he, he gets to the top of the tower and he's looking down. He's just like looking down. He's like, oh shit, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> right? Like, what am I gonna do? He's a super alien, I'm just a human, right? And so he's just up there, like, I'm just yeah, I was okay with that, but, yeah, he wasn't, didn't have a lot to do in the actual showdown. Which, you know, everyone likes Batman for the most part, so it's kind of like, I don't want to see Batman fight, but, 
you know, it's like, yeah, I'm not gonna do anything. I mean, as much as, as much as I like, and I, I honestly, I think the Justice League animated series from the early 2000s is probably one of the peak DC things, um, building off the Batman animated series and everything. Like, I, I always get irritated when I see Batman punching aliens and stuff, because, like, he may be peak human, but he's still just human. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so, we're in, like, super sidetrack. We're not sidetrack, but if... You want to move to the next These questions are framework so that we... So it's not a gigantic mess. Alright, sure. Um... And in this one, I don't know, we'll see. How well do we think this would have been received in 2017 if this were released as a theatrical cut and not what we got? Pretty poorly. Oh, why do you think that? I... I think... I think that because this was coming hot... This would have been hot off the heels of Batman v Superman, which left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. I think now, uh, with a lot of time, people have been able to kind of... Look back in retrospect, and I'm not saying like they, they instantly think, oh, Batman v Superman masterpiece or anything. But I think now, especially after watching this movie, they can see maybe some of the more of the why as to the choices in Batman v Superman in terms of like how dark it was getting, so on and so forth. But I think back then, there's no way people would have had that kind of retrospective. They would have, you know, been like, oh, just more Zack Snyder comic book stuff. I don't want to be a part of that world. I, I don't think it would have been nearly as well received. Um... That's an interesting question. I, I'm, I kind of, I can't disagree. I don't know. I, I maybe just oppose the, the opposing, oppose, propose the opposing viewpoint. I think maybe there's one thing I actually do think this film maybe is maybe not been even getting. I haven't really seen much acclaim for is that it feels like a conclusion to a trilogy. And for better or for worse, it feels like a whole like it, it is part of a thing, part of a piece of a greater saga. Of Man of Steel, BVS, and this. Whereas, if 
you had released it right after, I think that would be more obvious. I think it would be more cohesive to everyone. Whereas as it is now, even if people are generally liking it, I don't know if they're recognizing that it feels like it acting as that kind of conclusion. Um, so I don't know, I think maybe people might have, might have made those connections more and made, made it feel more cohesive and, and less disparate from what it actually was supposed to be a part of. Um, but I don't know. But I, yeah, you, you may be right, Chris, I don't know. I mean, you know this is part three or five, right? I mean, it's... Uh, so, it's supposed to be Iron Man and Wonder Woman part two already came out, though. It was supposed to be Man of Steel, BVS, which is actually kind of funny, because I think, I think the plan all along was kind of Zack Snyder stuff was always supposed to be kind of on its own. But it was supposed to be Man of Steel, BVS, Justice League, and then Justice League 2 and Justice League 3. Okay. And that was supposed to be like the full arc and bookend. Bookended. Boom, boom, done. Anyway, what do you think? Uh, I didn't have a strong opinion going into this one, so I allowed myself to be uh, influenced by others' opinions. So you have to go first, man. <laughs> um, how well do I think this would have been received in 2017? Um, yeah, I don't know, it's really hard to say because, um, the, uh, and I know I wrote these questions, um, but, um, but it's hard to say because I feel like there was so much drama behind the scenes at the time, um, it, like, the the conversation about the DC universe back then was more about what was going on in the studios and the production, you know, who's directing what, and it just kind of felt like, you know, that there was... There was like too many cooks in the kitchen, there was a lot of, things were kind of messy and disorganized. So I feel like it would have been divisive. I feel like people would have had strong opinions one way or the other. I think that this would have been, I think this would have resulted in a lot of arguing. 
Well, I feel like, well, like, well, well, I mean, like, I feel like right now, it, it's, it's crazy because of the last few years that we've had to endure of all of this Snyder Cut drama. I, it, everybody's kind of like, yeah, okay, I, I liked it, I liked it, yeah, alright. But I feel like at that time, because of how much drama was happening, it would have, people would have had very, very much more polarized opinions. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's... So, I don't know, I can't see whether or not it would have been a success. I don't know if that's what we're measuring or not, but, yeah, I, well, where were we in Marvel in 2017? Uh, it was before, before, it was right after, yeah, what was 2017? Like, 
Oh man, still. Well, that's another reason why I felt like Superman being not barely in it was also weird, because it's a Superman trilogy. He, it's Man of Steel, and then he is the protagonist of BVS, and then he's barely in this one. I don't know, it's just kind of such a weird thing. Anyways, regardless, uh, uh, I do think this feels like it's the best if you want to consider a trilogy. I don't know what to say I don't even know if I agree with that. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's definitely better than Batman or Superman. I just don't know if it's like... Is it better than Batman or Superman? The director's cut. <laughs> uh, I'll watch, I'll watch either of those over this because they're shorter. Scenes that were like, whoa, 
I mean, that's what I think of, like, The Matrix. The first time I saw The Matrix, is like, oh my god, I've never seen anything like this before. This is crazy, right? I don't get that from the Zack Snyder films. I'm not saying that you can't get that, or if you get that, that's not, you know, it's fine. But... Uh, it just makes me think of how I felt like the Matrix film, action scenes then, and how, and, and I think there's some, I don't know, there's some genetic traces there. In, in yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thought experiment, because I could see, like, let's play this game, what if this had come out closer to 300? Because I really enjoyed 300 when it came out the first time I saw it. Part of the reason was because, um, Ryan, you and I and a bunch of other employees watched it after hours in an empty theater and we were screaming the entire time. Um, I will never forget when you jumped out of your seat and screamed, OH MY GOD IT'S A STEGOSAURUS! <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even know why you yelled that. Um, I, I guess they had a rhinoceros in metal armor. Um, <laughs> well, did I say Stegosaurus or Triceratops? You said Stegosaurus. I will never forget the way that you yelled it. Um, it is burned into my memory forever. But... I mean, that's the thing is that it was, though, 300 was huge. And I could see that if a movie like this came out around then, people would be like, oh my god, it's, it's Batman, but like 300. You know? And I, and I, and I think maybe that style is, is better suited at the time, at that time, and is maybe, um, not aged well. At least in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's also, inflict, I mean, not to go too far down this stupid thought experiment. But, I mean, that was also kind of around the time that Michael Bay was at his peak. Was it? Uh, was he ever I know, uh, his peak. His <laughs> peak. His peak. His peak. You don't like that. His peak was not in the early 2000s. That was your final act. was his peak. And yes, that was like 1994. Was it? Regardless, what I was going to say is the Watchmen, I mean, Watchmen, I think is a, like, it's almost what you're saying, Chris. I mean, it's not quite, Watchmen came out in 2011, something, right? When was Watchmen? Regardless, like, it was like, and people, the reception to that was not. Good, right? It, like, in general, it's pretty mediocre. Some people really like it, 
but overall the reception is just like, I don't know, meh, right? Um, and I was someone who did like it at the time. Um, I still, but overall I think that's, you know, that, I think that's what you would probably get if this film was released then. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Makes sense. That's interesting. Okay, well, I've got one more question on this list, and I gotta put some context here. So we really need to, we really need to think. Okay, for as long as the podcast has been up to this point, it double it for this question. Okay, here's the thing. Okay, so we really need to consider this entire journey that we've been on, right? Everything that happens with the production of the original movie, um, you know, all the behind-the-scenes drama, Josh Whedon stepping in to finish it, um, bungling it, all this stuff, the entire fan petition, particularly the entire fan petition of trying to get them to release this movie, the production of it, the end result, was everything that we went through worth it? Do you feel like this was all worth it? Do you think that they made the movie that they made was, um, was worth everything that happened. That, that, abs- absolutely. I cannot, like, I, I was telling Shane the other day, I got a shocking answer from this guy. Uh, <laughs> I was telling Kay the other day, like, this is one of those times, <laughs> this is one of those times so sick that I'm talking about you. Well, Dave has to constantly hear me right on about, um, about theme park stuff, so, you know, that's what happens. What? I told Kay, I was like, just, I mean, if we, I think we've discussed this in a group before, too, right? Like, this is one of those things where I honestly wish I could, like, wipe, wipe my mind or whatever and go back and watch it again for the first time. Because, honestly, I mean, pandemic, it was... It felt special to me, right? Like, it was hard fought, and it was the vision that, I mean, we going a little far out there, but, you know, like, looking at Rotten Tomato scores, uh, the audience score is astronomical, right? It's 96% right now. And I think that's because that's, this is what people wanted, right? At least 
because movies don't give a, usually get a chance to do this. So, like, if I mean, it's, it's yeah. a sweeter victory for you because, uh, because the stakes were higher. Um, if it had been bad, if it had crashed and burned, then you'd be like, oh, we went through all that for nothing. Right? I, is that accurate, Chris, or not? Luckily, I don't have to think about that last part because he didn't. Because he has a guy battle with him, you would not admit no matter what they made, you would have loved it anyway. Then 
you know, all you left with is the movie. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's, well, I mean, it's going to be different depending on, on the context for you. It's going to be dependent, and I've said this a lot lately, but it depends on your life experience, right? Like, it depends on what you come in, what you bring into it when you see it. Um, who, 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 yeah, who are we on? Uh, go for it. Yeah, uh, right, okay, well, loaded question, yeah, um, I guess just to touch on that Zach Center part, yeah, I find I have the same feeling of, I'm really happy for Zach Center that he got to be able to do this, right, like, it's, it is, it is, yes, because of the fan community, um, that he got to, right, so it's, it's, I love to see, you know, creators that have strong fan bases and, and they're, you know, committed to them and they, there's a lot of love, I think. Uh, and for, you know, for Chris as, as being potentially a member of that community, it's kind of like I feel happy for Chris that he got to see a movie that he wanted to see turned out as well as it did. So that was really cool. I mean, the loaded part of it is, 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 a, is you know, it's a dangerous game. I don't know if I necessarily agree with <laughs> the, the, yeah, the culture of kind of just demanding this thing and so like now you fed the beast. It's like, hold, like, hold on, you just released the girl from the ring. You, you don't know what you did. That was not the right thing to do. Well, I mean, let's also keep in mind that he did this for no extra money. Right. I don't, I don't got, think that's what we're talking about. Right. 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 But I mean, but I mean to, to succeed in this, right, the director has to be involved, right? Like, I know the current, the current trend is really spot the air cut of Suicide Squad, which I actually have no interest in seeing. <laughs> Um, but, you know, like, it, something tells me, I mean, it, while you were talking, uh, I was thinking, you know, another part about it was just, it shows how much Zach actually cared about it, right? Like, this was something yeah. that he wanted to do. It was special to him. And he did it for no extra money. And that's how much he cared about this. And right, the fans. yeah, just and again, again, I don't, I, 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 don't, you know, I don't think that's what Ryan was getting at, though. I think he was talking uh, about it. It wasn't. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you, Chris. I just, I just, uh, 
Wait a minute, are you gonna are you gonna approach like David Ayer? And is David Ayer going to do things pro bono? I don't think it's about the money though, but like right like who even if he doesn't, why what does that mean? Well, I mean that's that's really the reason why they were willing to do this, right? I mean, the fans... The reason they were willing to do this is because they thought they would make money off of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that, that, that's the bottom line. If they think they can make money off of it, they're gonna do it. Um, okay, well, I, well, I don't know I just want to just one last thought on that, um, yeah, I guess just in terms of it being worth it, I think just for me on a personal level, because I didn't have to make the movie, so it very small obligation on my part. Um, all I had to do was watch it. Um, it was worth it because, yeah, it was four hours, that's a long time and whatever, but it wasn't like I hated myself for four hours. And I think as kind of just looking forward into the future, I asked myself, do I want to see more DC movies and things? And I was like, yeah, I do want to see more DC movies, more than I did before this movie came out. I don't want more suicides right now. But, not even the James Gunn one? Yeah, we'll see. Sure, I just, I've seen two of them, and I wasn't impressed. Two of them? What was the other one? The, the animated one? I watched two Suicide Squad movies, right? Am I imagining? You're imagining. You're thinking of BVS and Suicide. There's only one, there's only one live action Suicide Squad movie. What's the word? 
its entitlement. And I think I think in, I think we already are dealing with that is already a huge problem in society. And yeah, I know we're talking about a superhero movie, but I don't like what this thing turned people into. I don't like how the the fandom, I don't like how the internet like treated this. I don't like how they handled it. So that's a strike against this for me. Um, personally, as a movie, I don't think it was worth it, and I will say that that is because, um, that is because it disappointed me. And again, I, I went into this movie, like, originally was cynical about it, we all, we all were for a while. But then I started hearing good things, I started reading good reviews, and what I started actually getting excited for it. And so, again, all news, what, on anything, what you bring to the table, and I was let down. Because, as I've mentioned before, this movie has no right to be as slow and as long as it is. I think that if you're granted a second chance at a movie, if you're granted that rare opportunity to go back and make your version of the movie, it better be the best version of that movie that it can be, and I do not believe this is the best version of the movie that it can be. I still think this movie can be edited into a better version of itself. And I am disappointed because I did not get to see that the best version of this movie. That is how I feel. Now, ultimately, was it worth it overall? With the minor asterisk of perpetuating toxic internet culture and, um, and, um, entitlement, I think that people who really wanted this and got and liked what they got, then, yeah, I don't want people... I'm never wishing for people to, like, be, be let down by a movie. Ultimately, I want people to enjoy their experience. And if people are happy with the outcome, then okay. Okay. That's what I want. Yeah. Um, cool, yeah, I, I, I mean, I like everything you guys said, this, this question keeps me up at night, um, and, <laughs> and, uh, especially after having seen it, I mean, I 
I, I, I said earlier, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if I really wanted to hate a movie more than this, <laughs> and that's not fair, and I don't really even think I was wanting to hate it, but I did, I did, like, I did want this movie to be bad, because uh, it, it would have been easier. My, like, right, it would have been easier if this movie was bad. Everything would have made sense in the world to an extent. Um, as much as it can. But uh, even so much so that, like, you know, I had friends who were watching it, you know, days before I was, before I did. And, and they were kind of talking about it, and I was just like, just sarcastically making fun of the film, before even, like, oh, yeah, that sounds stupid, and oh, whatever, right? So I was ready to hate this movie. Um, and, and because I did enjoy it, for the most part, it makes it hard to say, because, uh, I, I don't know that answer, and the, the stuff that, the, the meta stuff, the stuff with the studio and the hashtag, to me that is really, I, 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 I can't just hand wave that away, that to me is, is and, and it's a, it's 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 stupid to care so much about that, but it is very much like it's the principle of the matter. And I know it sounds so dumb. It's like yeah, I am. I agree with you though because I feel like it, that has an effect on our society. Where whereas. How it affects a movie and whether it makes the movie better and how it affects people and how we live, like, which one's more important? Yeah, yeah, I mean, so go for it. Yeah, um, to, to Matt's point, I mean, we do live in society, so we have to be aware of these. It wasn't in the film! No, that's how he's trolling us! Yes! Jack, I don't troll us! Um, I think, also, like, to me, uh, cause I have to come up with some just stupid, silly metaphor for that. To me, this is like the metaphor of like a, a complicated math problem on a test. And you, you know, you get the right answer, but you're supposed to show your work. And the work is just wrong. It's just like, what? No. But it's like, yeah, but I got the right answer. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but your work is all, no, this doesn't make any, this is, 
You can't get credit for this. Why not? I got the right answer. Because of that great design I got. Because you did it wrong. You don't usually get second chances. Like, wait. And you don't usually get second chances. Now, the reason I'm less, a little bit more, less cynical now, I should say, is because after learning a little bit more, I, I, again, I am happy for Zack Sander, and so I don't blame him. I can't, it, and ultimately it falls to the studio. I don't even blame Joss Whedon for just, you know, the original theatrical cut. He's just a guy they hired to do the job, right? Like, I don't, you know, even though I didn't like the film, he wasn't, it wasn't his fault that it was all butchered and stuff, necessarily. It was the studio, so it kind of comes down to like, yeah, the studio is just, just messed everything up. And it's their fault entirely. They're, they should get all the blame. But, but at the end of the day, they're making the money off this thing. They don't care if people, you know, you know, like, it was our fault. They could care less. They're making money off of this. So, that's just like, is it worth it? I don't know. Like, it's just the studio making, they're gonna manipulate and do whatever's gonna make them more money. Um, and that's just, it, it is what it is, but... I, I, yeah, I don't like the idea of, of fans or people in general feeling entitled to art. It's like, okay, if you go, go, get a job in the film industry and make the movie you don't want. You don't get a demand from artists. It's not a, it's. You know, like, that's not what this is. That's not what any of this is. That's, that's, and, and that is what it feels like it's becoming. And this is a step down that path that I really, really, really don't like. Even if the end result is a correct answer of a math test, like, Oh, it's just, you know what, uh, I'm like, I changed my answer, it was not worth it at all. None of it was worth it. <laughs> well, okay, consider this, because, yeah, I, I completely agree with everything you guys just said, but what if, I mean, like you said, studios care about making money, and they'll do, if they know, they will make money from producing a product that they're probably gonna do, right? Yeah. And with the internet and with modern technologies, they have more sophisticated ways of 
deducing what an audience will pay for. Um, through just, you know, tracking traffic on DC websites and things like that, right? Like, there's different algorithms you can run. But what if we kind of just reverse course and say, well, why don't we just let them tell us? Why don't we just let them, like, like imagine a survey, right? We ask you, hey, would you see a Marvel movie about this? Would you see, would you buy this product, right? That's the old-fashioned way of obtaining information, market analysis. But, why? If it's more efficient, and the, the studios have to do less work, and they can just be told what will be bought. Isn't this just the next evolution in marketing? I mean, I'm being very like, speculative, and it, it is dangerous, I, I, for sure, for the reasons Sean said, but. At the same time, from a studio's perspective, well, wait a minute, they'll just tell us what they want? Oh, this is way easier than hiring and paying millions of dollars for market analysis. Yeah. And, and, and I think that begs the next question, too, is that, like, you know, as, as high and mighty as I'd like to feel and pretend, or anyone does, who is, you know, creative or likes to think they're an artist or likes film or cinema, blah, 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 is it, is it bad? Is it, is it a worse thing if... You just, the audience tells you what they want, and then you just make that? Like, in my mind, I hate that idea, but just being open to it, to playing devil's advocate, why? Why is that a bad thing? Why should we not just give them exactly what they want? So, me having just pitched that, here's my counter-argument to myself. Um, is because I want artists to make the thing they want to make. I want an artist to feel passion. I want them to feel passion. I want an artist. To show me something that I didn't know I wanted. Yes. Yes. That's what I want. Yes. I want to go, oh my gosh, I never knew I needed that in my life. That's, that's what I I mean, I know, I know you don't agree with Zack Snyder's vision. Uh, and... You know, it's exciting. But, I told you, I'd go to a barbecue with him. I have nothing against that, Snyder. We're moving, we're moving that. 
I feel like, I feel like this is the best of both worlds that Ryan's bringing up. Because the people said, we want Zack Snyder's Justice League, right? And so it's just like, okay, Zack Snyder, make your Justice League. I mean, it's not like they're forcing Zack Snyder's hand to make their Justice League. They're saying, hey, we want to see the Justice League movie, right? And so I I think that's the the middle ground, right? I don't think it's bad. And I mean, sure, yeah, we definitely want people making the Nomad Lands, the... The one nights in Miami, right? We want people going out there making more unique movies, um, for sure, without any sort of audience speculation. But at the same time, they're gonna make a, a freaking hundred million dollar, billion dollar freaking movie. Why, why shouldn't you play it safe and give people at least the IP that they want? I mean, that's a good point in that I think this is also maybe a little bit why I'm a little bit more apologetic to this is because in this case, I feel that I do think that Zack Snyder did make the film he wanted to make. So in that regard, it actually is kind of oddly also fulfilling that, right? Well, it is. So in this case, it is like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of more okay with it now that I learned more details about everything that happened and stuff, and because it is Zack Snyder's film, and it is him doing what he wants to do, I'm actually more... But, again, it's it's about, like, I don't know, it's, it's a slippery slope process. Like, I, 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 I hate listening to myself even say that, but it does feel like, yeah, like, they're not all gonna care. They're not all gonna be artists who wanna make their vision. They're they're just gonna be whoever they got to hire to make what the audience, you know, focus group wanted this. They wanted 10, 15 minutes of an action scene followed by, I, I don't know, like, and, and it's just hard not to think of it like that. Um, but, but you're right, Chris. It, I, and, I, and that's why I kind of do like it. I'm a little bit more okay with liking it. Is because it... You're right, it does kind of actually hit both. And I do, I do think like DC... I mean... Going back a little ways, uh, I think Warner Brothers in general, I mean, they've obviously had so many shake-ups around this stuff recently, especially. 
um, has a new head and everything, but I do feel like, um, you know, they, they've learned a little bit from their, their ways to the point of where, you know, like, they hire, they hire kind of unique directors and they let them kind of do their thing, right? I think Shazam is kind of a perfect example of that, but I don't think Shazam exists in a world where, uh, the, the studio execs have such a heavy hand, right? Mm, I don't know, that's hard to tell. Maybe, it's hard to tell. I would say, I, I hope that's why it's training for DC. And like, like Ryan was saying earlier, and generally you guys were like, more unique takes, more stand-alone yeah. takes. I think we even talked about in previous episodes here and there. But that's what I want to see in the DC. Don't do what Marvel's doing, right? Like, like, I mean, I love Shazam. And, um, and I, I know I, I didn't love Joker, but I appreciated it. You know, because that's what I want to see. Yeah. I want to, you know, so. Yeah. yeah, for sure. There you go. Um. One last kind of other kind of tacked on thought about this because so much of this is embroiled with Zack Snyder, the filmmaker. I, I just, I don't know, it just got me thinking just also in terms of people and like just like Icons, uh, Chris, would you, would you like, like, are you loyal to Zack Snyder, or are you loyal to DC? I mean, it's a little bit of both, I mean, in, in general, I do, uh, Call me a simpleton. I do enjoy Zack Snyder films. I, I kind of always have. Uh, Outliers being 300 and Sucker Punch. Oh uh, god, I'm so glad that you said Sucker Punch. <laughs> I was about to just rage quit if you said you like Sucker <laughs> But, you know, like, I, I do, I enjoy this DC hero, I enjoy Watchmen, uh, Dawn of the Dead was, I think very enjoyable, I'm looking forward to the new one coming out in like a month or whatever. Um, right? I mean, I like Zostana, obviously I'm, I'm pretty loyal to DC as well. I, I mean, they do make bad things. Definitely make bad things. Suicide Squad. Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. A perfect example of that. Uh, 
Uh, in, in the comics too, they make wrong turns. Uh, I am more receptive to them taking chances though, because it's something that they just do as a, as like a principle versus, you know, Marvel per se. Yeah. Uh, I guess why I pose this question is because after just going off in our discussion about, you know, the, the, the making the sure that, you know, the artistic power and freedom is in the hands of artists, which I do agree, and I, I, I stand by that. I also do think, though, the idea of blind loyalty, especially to any one director or person, I also really, really despise that idea. So you, you really despise Marvel, right? Because there's complete blind loyalty to Kevin Feige. It's like, well, I would agree, I would... I would say that I, I will listen to my full, you know, Sorry. I'm, I'm not, I don't despise someone just because they <clears throat> make a lot of things or like make a lot of good things. <clears throat> I don't even dislike a person per se. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give them credit for a bad film or overlook a bad thing just because they have done other things I've liked. A prime example is like George Lucas. People all of a sudden now are so in love and loyal to George Lucas. Like, what, like, I don't, what, I don't care about George Lucas. I could, like, who cares? He's just a person. He's another person like any one of us. Zack Snyder is just a person. Why should I, if he gives me three tone papers, and he gets A plus on one tone paper, and then his other term paper's crap. I'm not just gonna give him an A plus because his previous term paper was good. Like, isn't that problematic that you're loyal to a person? Like, shouldn't you judge the world for what it is? I'm not gonna say, like, I'm gonna blindly love everything Zack Snyder does. You just said that! <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say I was going to blindly love it, I just said I, I like his stuff, and so I, okay. I, I, I am always willing to give his stuff the, uh, the chance, right? I'm always willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, like, yeah, I'll watch it, but does that guarantee I'm going to love it, or like it even? No. But I'll watch it because 
right? I kinda, I just like the way he films. <laughs> also, you know, following a lot of the background of this movie, you know, it does seem like, and I, I have to, I have to remove a bit of this because a lot of it's like press and stuff like that. But, you know, it does generally seem from everything that I've been hearing from, you know, people around Zach and the people making the film with him and everything. Um, that he is a, a great guy, beyond it all, right, like he cares about the actors, he cares about the movies, uh, he generally enjoys what he's doing, um, right, and, and that just, that type of stuff just makes me even more loyal to Because it's just like, well, if he's a, even a great guy, I'm even more likely to give his stuff a shot. Even if, like, I was like, oh, that trail looks terrible. It looks like another sucker punch. And I'd be like, oh, you know what? It's, it's at least worth giving it a shot. That's fair. I mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't give people shots. I just, the, the idea of the blind loyalty is always just like, right, like, I'm not blind and loyal to anybody but Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Which I will, I will gladly admit I am very blindly loyal to at this moment. Anyways, yeah. Uh, oh, any other thought, Ryan, or Chewy, and thoughts on that? It was just, I don't know, something that I thought was important with this whole conversation and something. No, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you, Sean. I, I, I don't like that concept. I don't, I want, you know, like, you know, if someone says, okay, I'm, I'm, willing, I like this guy, so I'm willing to give him a shot, well, you should be willing to give everybody a shot, I feel like, like, if you go into a movie, you know, just go into it, but, anyway, yes, I don't know, that wasn't very eloquently stated, but, I think, I think, I think, I think, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, did we, uh, right, uh, right, yeah. did you have, you guys said something, sir? Uh, no, I, I think you guys, you guys captured it. I mean, the, the depiction in the media was, yeah, it was just like this, these worshippers of Zack and the, now it's, you know, like Chris said, trying to restore the Snyderverse, it's like, yeah, I, I just don't, I, that, yeah, I don't know, just the mentality, I mean, it depends on how serious you take it, if it's just, 
internet. Funny thing, hashtag thing. Then, okay, but anyway, yeah. There's dangerous. I mean, I think, I think it's just a way of, of, I mean, yeah, it's bad if people are demanding it, but I think this hashtag is a way of letting uh, Warner Brothers slash HBO Max know that people are interested, right? And especially with the reception right now of uh, Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League, I, I think they're saying, don't dismiss this just because you want to be done with it, you know? Well, very interested in this. It could be a moneymaker, right? I feel, I feel like that's really the intent behind the restoring the Snyderverse. Um, yeah. But do, do you guys want to know, before we wrap this up, do you want to know uh, some things I would have changed about the movie? Fuck, yeah, real fast, tell us something. It would be pretty quick. Alright, so, the biggest thing I would have changed is Lois' story. I do not agree with uh, the way she kind of shrunk into herself and went into, like, a hole. That's not the worst line that I know, and I also don't think that's the worst line that he set up in, uh, BBS, either. I like to imagine that that Lois instead would have been, you know, uh, a workaholic at that point, right? She's losing her, her grief through work, possibly putting herself in more dangerous situations and everything, but that also would have borne out, uh, to show that it would have borne out that sweet little flower time, which would have made Chewie even happier, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, That's I, a good point, I, I like I, I, I like your point, actually, one of my notes was about the scene with Marsh Manhunter, I really, really disliked that scene. I yeah, it was really, 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 good scenes from Batman in a weird way, because remember, Batman had the whole plan of bringing out the big guns, and he's kind of the one who saves it, but instead in this version, it's just coincidence she happened to be there, but then she was there. Yeah, I, I think they could have still had Batman be prepared for it, even if they dropped the whole subplot of Superman being evil and that, they could have still had Batman do. In general, I think one of the things, you know, 
not against Batman, but Superman or Batman and Wonder Woman, as much as the Flash, Cyborg, and to an extent Aquaman were elevated in this film as characters, I kind of think Batman and Wonder Woman were diminished. I, like, I wish, like, oh, they lost a lot of their character and arc, and, and I liked it wasn't always the best, and some of the jokes were dumb, but I liked the conflict and the theatrical cut between the two of them, and there was nothing I felt for them to do for as characters in a way. Sean, there was that one scene where they touched the mouse at the same time. <laughs> oh god. That film was like a leftover from the theatrical cut. But I will say, I actually, I laughed at that scene. That was one of the few scenes. I thought that was a very human moment. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I don't know, it was a little cringy, but yeah, I guess it was kind of even. But there's no, there's not humans allowed in Zack Snyder films. All he wants are gods better, bigger than humans. Humans are born and stupid. If you're not powerful, you don't deserve I mean, to be even Alfred is a super genius in this. I don't know, it, that's, that was something that was heavily uh, levied against this cut, like, all of it is Zack Snyder's disinterest in that human element, that Marvel. I just think all his Snyder's films in general aren't interested in humans. I mean, you can just just hear like the way he talks about the characters, right? He talks about, he he always emphasizes, especially uh, the pressures for this movie. He called them gods, right? He's like, he heavily emphasizes the gods stuff. He's like, seeing these gods fight, which is also kind of odd to say about Batman, but seeing these gods fight, you know, one another, so on and so forth, like really elevating that. I mean, yeah. Would people like to see them do, like, more heroic things? Sure. I don't think that's ever been... I don't think that's ever been the focus of, like, uh, the Justice League cartoons. I feel... feel, or cartoons. Uh, stories. I feel like that's more of, like, the, the individual stories. And Justice Leagues are always meant to take on, like, bigger plots that don't necessarily need to rely on, oh, let's save the little man. Anyways, uh, we'll, well, we were only halfway to the four hours. Did we do it? Did we, have we accomplished anything? 
Chris, can you untie us yet? I'm not untying anyone. Did you not break out? You guys, you got three minutes to break out before the jaws snap shut around your necks. Well, I guess this is my fate, and if I don't break out in the next few minutes, someone's gonna force me to watch the slider cut again. <laughs> that is a... I've already watched it. Oh my god, why would you do this? Okay. Um, well, anyway, did we do it? Did we accomplish anything? I think, yeah, I don't know if we can still find anything more than the Snyder Cut did. Do, do we ever accomplish anything in these? <laughs> I don't, I, I feel better? No, I don't. I don't know. I didn't feel bad to begin with, so. Well, okay. Uh, for... For all the hype that this was built up to, I, I'm happy that it didn't, you know, either break friendships or ruin everything. It was whatever, it is what it is, the world moves on. Yeah, I wasn't overwhelmed, I wasn't underwhelmed, I was wrong. Yeah. I think that's the I think that's the best way to do it. Ryan, have you have you been watching Young Justice? You got it, Chris. I was I put that in your phone. Fucking Alright guys, well Thanks for listening, everyone. What did you guys think of the Snyder Cut? And by you guys, I mean Mom and Dad, Mama, Aaron, um, Sam, Kevin, and as well for the Shout out to Chris and my school. Um, I hope you, I hope you hear this. I hope you hear this at the 2 hour 11 minute mark. I mean, if you made it this far, you're the real hero. Yeah. You're if you want to hear more, we will be having a few more episodes soon. Um, Falcon and the Winter, Sol- Winter Soldier at the time this recording has already started, so look forward to potentially two episodes on that. Um, at least one, but we might be doing a two mid-season and the end of season. Yeah, finale. Um, Kong vs. Godzilla is coming out this week and... No, why pass? Is it next week? 
Yes, Max. Yeah, listen. Have you watched the trailer, Chewie? Go watch the trailer, Chewie. Oh my god, that trailer. That trailer's hilarious. You know what? You know what it is? You made us watch Tom and Jerry. You I made us watch Tom and Jerry. Anything. I suggested it, and for some reason, you guys said yes. Okay, you know what? No, alright. Kong vs. Godzilla, fine. Are they releasing it on, on HBO Max, or do I have to go? Okay, alright, alright. Yeah, fine. So all right. All, all Warner Brothers movies. Okay. Chris, actually, don't you, don't you want to get on some of this Godzilla yeah, stuff? You uh, I feel like I don't need to be there to, to kind of watch what you guys say. Yeah. Chris, <laughs> I feel like I had to be really cautious with this and have Young Chunks represent it properly. Also, now I have to wonder how you guys are still speaking if my traps malfunctioned because it's been three minutes and you're still laughing. This is just recording. Hey, Chris, for one, I'll say I was very happy have your perspective on yes. something. Yes. Very, very, very reason I have missed you. I've, I've always had fun <laughs> talking to you about movies and hearing your um, unabashed fanboyism for DC, but honestly, it's just been a pleasure. And it's been... And do I not bash on Suicide Squad Academy Awards? I do have my limits. Yes, you have my limits. You have matured as a father. And that's the greatest gift of all. I changed my answer again. It was all worth it. So, thanks for listening, everyone. Oh, real fast, real fast plug. Uh, if you want to hear more of my voice, turn into Marvel Star Wars Explorers. I'm on their big. They finished their run of the original Marvel's Star Wars comics. Issue 108, I'm on that. Should be online about now-ish. So, head over there, listen to those guys, Brian and Sam. They're lovely. Love Alright. And that's it. I just little plug. Alright. With the mouse, let's do this. Let's, let's, uh, let's, <laughs> what's, Chris, what's a quippy line from Justice League that you could, um, end this on? Faith, Chewie. Faith. The most uncharacteristic Batman line ever spoken. <laughs> It's gross. <laughs> Hashtag delete the Snyder Cut. Hashtag delete.
meet the Snyder Cut. <laughs> <laughs>